You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check out my Patreon. And take a look at my other YouTube channels too. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything I release. All links are in the description. In this podcast, we're going to talk about an Oklahoma superintendent calling a teacher's union a terrorist organization during a board meeting. How Fox News creates propaganda stories out of nothing. They're accusing Biden of bribery. With what evidence? Absolutely none. A pastor who seems to think Trump is the most honest person alive. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, just go to my website, owenmorgan.com. Go to the Contact Me button in the menu, top right corner if you're on desktop, or the three lines in the top left if you're, if you're on mobile. I wanted to talk about Jordan Neely for a second. She's that guy that was on the New York City subway and got he died, basically. So he was apparently causing problems for some people on the train. I don't know the details of it. And this Marine was there and put him in a chokehold and held him there for three minutes, and he was out. He died just like that. Tragic story. Really sad. I don't want anybody to lose their lives ever. Anybody. Every life is precious. Life is the most valuable and precious thing in the universe. But I wanted to talk about the the whole thing because right now it's kind of turning into like a culture war issue with Fox News. Guy dies... Fox News praises the killer. I don't know the details of the situation. I don't know what happened with Jordan Neely. I don't, maybe, you know what? Maybe he punched somebody. I don't think that's the case. To my knowledge, he wasn't violent in any way. But let's say he punched somebody. A guy lost his life. Why are you happy about that? Why are you praising the guy that took his life? I can't imagine that the guy is happy about this. You think this guy wanted to take someone's life? If he did, he's a terrible scumbag. Now, that being said, I live in New York City, and I ride the subway pretty frequently. My wife rides it every day. My kid rides it every day. In fact, the train that that Jordan Neely was on every day. I've been in these situations where somebody comes up to you and starts acting erratic and crazy. There's a woman that comes to the F train from time to time and pulls out a Bible and starts screaming that you're going to hell to everybody on the train, walking up and down the car, looking people in the eye and telling them they're going to hell because they're sinners and all this other garbage. And it's really imposing and intimidating and disturbing, and you don't know she's about to do something psychotic. You know, there are tons of people like this. It's a constant problem on the New York City subway. I don't know why people with these mental problems gravitate to the New York City subway station, but I I don't know how to fix it. Something has to be done. You know, socially, I feel like there should be a better social safety net to help these people. You know, get these people off the street, get them into a home, like an actual house where they can get themselves back on their feet get them a therapist, get them medicine. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is, but the solution is not putting them in a chokehold for three minutes and killing them and then praising the guy that did it. Like what? Somebody lost their life. How are you proud of this? Now, from a legal perspective, like I said, I've been in this exact situation. This happens all the time, but these people don't almost ever get violent. I've never seen a violent interaction from a lot of these, you know, from the people that go up and down these cars acting erratic and yelling and stuff. 
And like I said, I don't think Jordan Neely got violent either. He was just yelling. And hell, he could have even been threatening somebody. He could have been saying, I'm going to kick your ass or something. He could have even said that. If he had, it would have been no justification to kill him. Self-defense is supposed to be proportional. Even if the guy punched the Marine, it wouldn't have been an excuse to kill the guy. It would have been a, an excuse to incapacitate him and protect yourself. But apparently this guy that did this isn't from New York City. He's from Long Island. That's like a rural area that isn't part of the city at all. It's a deep red conservative area that's totally separate from New York City. Not even in New York City. So he's from Long Island. It makes sense that he had no idea what was going on. Had no idea what it, what what was, you know, what this person was doing or if they were going to get violent or or anything. And and I can totally get why he would feel like his life was in danger or feel like he was being threatened. I get that totally. I felt like I was under threat also when these people do this crazy stuff. But you know what? There are doors in every single car. You just grab the door, open it. Even when the train's moving, you're not supposed to do it, but you can. Walk through to the, the other car. If you're not comfortable walking through to the other car while the train's moving, wait for it to stop, walk out the door, and go into another car. That's an option too. I, I'm hesitant to blame the guy who did this because I know what it's like to be in that really scary situation where you don't know what you're doing. The answer was not to put him in a chokehold. You know how long it takes to kill somebody with a chokehold? About nine seconds. You put someone in a chokehold, they go to sleep, they're dead in nine seconds. He held him for three minutes. That tells me he has no idea what he's doing with a chokehold. Let me give you some advice. If you don't know what you're doing with a chokehold, don't use it, okay? Anyway, I'm sorry that this guy died. I wish that New York City had a social safety net that could help. I don't know what the solution is, honestly, to the problem, but there must be one here. But that you know, none of that is any excuse for Fox News to be praising the guy that took him out, praising the guy that put him in the chokehold. What? They have no moral bottom, do they? There is no moral bottom to this organization. The uh, High Safe says he was in a chokehold for 15 minutes. He was in a chokehold for three minutes. The interaction was 15 minutes, I believe. So from the moment, that's my understanding. I could be wrong. Fact check me on this. From the moment he started flailing around and causing problems for people and scaring others, it's the timer started. But the chokehold was only for three, I think. The Marines been taught about the chokehold in boot camp and knew about overdoing it. You're probably right. You're probably right. Like I said, I kind of lean toward giving him some slack because I know that situation is scary and stressful and you don't know what's happening or what to do next or anything. And there were other people on the car that backed him up and said he did the right thing. He didn't do the right thing. But I get that it was a stressful situation and you don't know what to do when you're there. And sometimes, you know, instinct just takes over when somebody is doing what feels like threatening you, even if that's not what it was. Hi, Owen. Where are all those televangelists before Trump, like Bullock, Kuhneman, Kerr, etc.? Were they worshiping another Republican or what? Largely, yes. Kat Kerr famously claimed that she was sent to Earth to convey a message. She was sent to Earth by God to tell people about heaven. I mean, this is a little bit of a long one. It's like six minutes long, so I'm not going to watch the whole thing. But yeah, this is Kat Kerr from 2008. This is Kat Kerr of Revealing Heaven, and 
I have to tell you about this revelation. You know what? Heaven is the most fun place you'll ever live in your life. Did you ever think of that? Most people, and including the world, think heaven is going to be so boring. They don't even want to go there. Most believers actually say, what in the world am I going to do for eternity? What is it going to do up there besides bowing to God? And Most believers say that? Okay. Maybe singing some songs with the choirs in heaven, sitting on a cloud with a harp. Guess what? You don't get a harp when you go to heaven unless you already play one. You know, maybe if you want one to decorate your mansion, you might give you one. But what Mansion, okay. What are you going to do with it anyway? Uh, the reason my hair is pink, by the way, I forget that a lot. God himself asked me to have pink hair for the, for the reason that you will know heaven is going to be a whole lot more different than we thought it was. So anyway, that's where Kat Kerr was. Oh, God. It's just ridiculous on every level. I love it to death, man. Yeah, I'm dealing with a whole bunch of copyright stuff on my main channel and on you or on my unfiltered channel. And it's a mess, dude. I'm telling you. Lionsgate, the people that own uh, God's Not Dead basically stole four hundred dollars from me. Like there were like that. Vi I released a video that generated four hundred dollars in ads and stuff through the you know thousands and thousands tens of thousands of views it got right and they filed a copyright claim so i disputed it they rejected the dispute i appealed it they rejected the appeal and all of the money it made went to them i filed a counter notification to bring the video back but that money is gone they stole it 400 bucks that is some right the system should not work like that and what's sad that's not youtube that did it. That's just how copyright law works. YouTube was following the copyright law procedure. Now, I guess you could say it's YouTube's fault because they should have held it in escrow until after all appeals were exhausted and all everything was exhausted, including the counter notification. But the next step for Lionsgate, since I filed a counter notification, is they have to get a court order from a judge to prevent my video from going back up and they have 10 business days to do that as of like yesterday or something. So in two weeks, basically, I will know if I can keep my video up. All that money is gone, but the video might get to stay on my channel. And this is more of a moral battle than a legal battle. Well, it's a legal battle, but it's a moral battle that I really care about. It's not about the money. It's about the principle of it. I should be able to keep a video up criticizing God's not dead, right? Now, they're doing the same exact thing to the 10 or so videos I have on my unfiltered channel right now, and I'm going to keep on fighting those too, whatever it takes. I'm not giving up on this. I'm going to continue fighting this to the bitter end. If, even if that means I have to go to court to fight this, I'm going to. And as a matter of fact, I could and should sue Lionsgate, not just for that $400, but for lying claiming perjuring themselves they perjured themselves on legal documents claiming to have reviewed my video in good faith for fair use and i establish in this paper that they in fact knew that it was covered under fair use because they've done this exact thing before to other people and i even cited examples where it went to court back in 2009 they did this exact thing and lost the case. So they are—they did it in bad faith. They did not review my video with fair use exceptions in mind, in good faith. And, you know, they opened themselves up to liability. I could sue them 
for punitive damages, not just the $400 they took, but for perjuring themselves and for, I don't know what, I don't know what the technical term is, but lying and claiming they did it in good faith and they in fact did not. So anyway, I don't know. It's really, really frustrating to me. I have about probably six months worth of appeals to go before I can release the rest of the God's Not Dead series on my unfiltered channel, but I'm doing it. I'm going all the way. I am exhausting every dispute, appeal, and counter-notification that I need to to release these criticisms of God's Not Dead. I don't give a sh**. Budman Buds, welcome. Progressive parents should give in. Let the Bible in schools and absolutely insist that the story of Lot's daughters be presented to all grades in detail. P.S. Been busy. Glad to catch you again. Thank you so much. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, well, you say that in jest, but they might actually do it. Like, <laughs> they're, they're, you know, they're always talking about graphic material in classrooms, right? We want the radical ideology into our classroom that pushes gender theory, that pushes graphic porn in order to perform a social experiment on our kids. Or... So yeah, th so they're always claiming that there's this graphic content in schools, gender ideology, and even pole dancing. On day one, the sexualization of our kids, pole dancing, and all this other crap that's going on will be forbidden in our schools. Like, you know, this stuff has been present in the Bible since day one. You know, the story of Lot's daughters, for example. Like, wow, dude, that is... And the Song of Solomon? Oh, my God, some of that stuff is vivid. And they're perfectly fine with kids sitting down and reading that bad boy. Just sit down at that table there and read it cover to cover, that whole Bible, including those parts. They have no problem with the occasional deeply graphic bits in certain books. It's just your books that they don't like, really. And honestly, there shouldn't be graphic stuff imposed on kids, period, ever. There should never, ever be any kind of graphic material imposed on kids. Now, as you'll come to find, as you, like, raise a kid of your own, when they get to their teen years, they're going to find new interests. By the time they're probably 10 years old, they'll most likely know if they're gay or straight or trans or whatever, almost certainly, because they go through these experiences where, you know, eight-year-old kids, you, how many girlfriends or boyfriends did you have in elementary school? Lots, I'd be willing to bet. I mean, I, I didn't have any. I was a Jehovah's Witness, and Jehovah's Witnesses were forbidden from having girlfriends or boyfriends in elementary school. But, you know, I knew kids that had like six girlfriends in elementary school. You just burn right through them. Kids are learning about who they're interested in being with, who they have crushes on and stuff, all the way back in elementary school. You know, you probably know if you're gay or straight by the time you're in elementary school, and if not then, certainly by the age of 12, you're at the very least having these feelings. Now, if you want to explore this and understand what's going on in your life and in your mind and, and connect with other people that have these experiences and stuff, you can go to the library and pick up a book about it. And that's perfectly fine. Imposing these ideas, imposing this stuff on kids, you know, when it's not welcome, that's a totally separate situation. But that's not what books in a library are doing. They're just there for kids to read. And Republicans like Ryan Walters or like our old buddy Doug Mastriano here are desperate to remove that lifeline from kids who may need it. Kids that are exposed to anything sexual before a certain age, it's damaging to them. It's scarring to them. It's, it's bad. So I think that it's 
somewhere in the range of it, it's like a um, a logarithmic curve. So it starts out really, really damaging, scarring, and dangerous all the way up here. And at 15, I think it starts trending down, less damaging, less scarring as time goes on. 16, 17, 18, you know, keeps going down on a trend. Now, you shouldn't be, you should just, I, I feel like 18, honestly, is too young. But I feel like it's more an age gap problem than an age thing after the age of 15. It's more an age gap problem, you know? If you are two years separate, then you shouldn't be with each other. Certainly not if you're under 18. You know, my wife is like 28 now, I think, and I'm 32, so that age gap is pretty big, but we're closer in age and we're older, so it's not as big of a deal as you get older. But exposing kids to things like that at a young age is bad and scarring. But like I said before, kids know if they're gay or trans or whatever by the age of 10, 11, 12 years old, even earlier sometimes. If they seek this stuff out, these books about a gay kid to try to relate and understand what's going on with their mind and their feelings in their lives or whatever, that's perfectly fine. Those books should be available for kids to pick up so that they can relate and learn and understand and figure it out. They shouldn't be exposed to it by somebody, but it should be available for them if they need it, basically. That's the way that I see it. Federal age of consent should be 18, and if one party's above 21, they both have to be. I could agree with that, I think. I think generally the rule that I follow, not as like a law, but just as a rule or whatever, is half of your age plus seven is okay. So I'm like 32, I think. So half my age would be 16, add seven to that, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. So I could date a 23-year-old, and it would be weird, but it wouldn't be like, oh, my God, that's awful. Like I said, my wife's like 28 or 29, I think, so doesn't really apply to me anyways. But, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good rule of thumb. You know, 18 divided by 2 plus 7, that's uh, 9 plus 7. 16. So 16-year-old can date an 18-year-old, and it's a little close, but it's okay. That's the bottom of the line, though, right? Guaranteed parents complained about curriculum not including the George Washington cherry tree myth or New Israel myth, the fundies lay out. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'm sure of it. Yeah, that New Israel thing. Apparently, like, these fundamentalist Christian extremists claim that the Founding Fathers came from Israel up and over the Caucasus Mountains from one of the tribes of Israel, and that makes them real, you know, Jewish people. They formed a new covenant with God in America called New Israel. So, yeah, it's just like this extremist, unhinged from reality idea that America is in a new covenant with Yahweh, and Donald Trump is the new Messiah. He's the new Jesus of America. It's just crazy, dude, just crazy. Anyway, thanks for the uh, super chat there. But that's Christian nationalism. That's what a lot of these people believe, you know? Dizzy. Hey, a JW knocked on my door three times today, went out, and they read me Revelation 21, 3, and 4, gave me a pamphlet, Will Suffering End? Lol. Advice? My JW friend might know them, so don't want to be rude. Uh, that makes sense. I get that. Yeah, I don't like being rude to Jehovah's Witnesses either. I was one of those people knocking on doors at one point, you know? Like, it's not fair to call these people stupid or, or whatever. They're not. They're not. They're not stupid. 
I was in that exact situation. I wasn't stupid then. I'm not stupid now. That's a really pervasive myth about religious people that they're stupid or gullible or whatever. It's simply not the case. I mean, they're just like everybody else. They just got pulled into a belief system, you know? I want to take a look at Revelation 21, 3 and 4 since you mentioned it. It says here, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They'll be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Neither will there be death, nor pain, nor outcry, nor mourning. Yeah, I remember that verse. Yeah, that's a popular one to be read by Jehovah's Witnesses. (laughs) Neither will mourning nor pain be anymore. The former things have passed away. Something to that effect. Yep. Emotional manipulation, you know, that's how it goes. And again, that's not the fault of the Jehovah's Witnesses. That's just like, they're just repeating verbatim exactly what the organization tells them to say. I get it. I did it too. I quoted that verse a billion times. I totally get it. It's just, you got to see it for what it is. You know, they're doing this for a reason, to pull you into the religion, for better or worse. You know, there's a book called When Prophecy Fails by Leon Festinger, and he, in that book, he outlined what cognitive dissonance is and how it operates and qualities about it and stuff. He studied cognitive dissonance. So cognitive dissonance is basically like a stress that exists in your mind, like an anxiety that gnaws at you and won't go away. And... One of the ways to push it away, to ignore it, to alleviate that anxiety is to evangelize and bring in new believers, bring in more people who agree with you. And being proven unequivocally wrong when somebody is really, truly dealing with cognitive dissonance, like real cognitive dissonance, being proven wrong reinforces the belief, makes you want to accept it even harder and convince even more people that uh, that you were right all along, even though you were obviously wrong. Giving them evidence could also create the backfire effect, where where they just shut down when they hear something critical about their beliefs. They just they don't want to believe it. They just you know remove themselves from the situation, turn their mind off. Basically, a good way of doing it might be to. Ask them non-confrontational questions. If you're right, I want to be right too. Let's talk about it. Let's figure this out together. I want to I want to arrive to the same conclusions that you are. I want to understand your headspace. Show it to me. You know, be open to understanding in a similar way to how one of their converts might sound. If you are open about the things that, you know, if you're open to hearing what they have to say, they might see an opportunity to alleviate that stress that is cognitive dissonance. We're going to talk about an Oklahoma superintendent calling a teacher's union a terrorist organization during a board meeting. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. You know, I I don't negotiate with the teacher's union. They're a terrorist organization that is content. This is a guy named Ryan Walters, I believe is his name. Yeah, Ryan Walters. He's an Oklahoma superintendent, and it seems like he's doing everything he can to like get a position on Fox News or something because he's going off the rails, dude. This guy is unhinged from reality. I mean, you think that calling the teachers union a terrorist organization is unhinged from reality? Just wait until you hear some of the other stuff that this guy has been up to lately. 
So this uh, teachers union thing, we're going to look at this whole video in a second. This is May 1st, 2023. This dude has been on a rampage lately. Listen to this one, mid-April 2023. Check out what he had to say. I believe this is from his superintendent office in Oklahoma. Today, the virtual charter school board has the opportunity to approve Catholic schools for a new charter school in Oklahoma. This absolutely is the direction that Oklahoma should go. Okay, let me explain what all of that means if you're not, like, heavily involved in politics or whatever. He's saying that the school board, I think, approved a new charter school. school board has the opportunity to approve Catholic schools for a new charter school in Oklahoma. Right. Approve Catholic schools for a charter school. So basically, charter schools are schools that are, like, not tied to any specific district, but you can send your kid to it if you choose to. It's a public school. And what he's saying is this is the school board attempting to make a public school exclusively Catholic. He's trying to force public school kids to worship, to be part of his religion, basically, is what's happening. He is imposing religion upon the people around him. His specific religion, as a an officer of the government, by the by, that is unconstitutional. Unfortunately, we have a Supreme Court right now who decides on what is and isn't constitutional, and they have heavily favored religious extremism. So if this did end up going all the way to the Supreme Court, this battle where he's trying to force public schools to be religious institutions, if this went to the Supreme Court, I can't say that they would respect what the Constitution says. I don't know. My channel, as some people can probably tell, views are suffering, so I would appreciate it if you watch a video, watch from beginning to end. Don't turn it off in the middle. That is one of the factors that YouTube uses to determine how far a video is going to go, or if it's going to fall and die, basically. If regular viewers watch the entire thing, it gets... A massive boost so if you guys watch one of my videos try to watch it from beginning to end i would appreciate it our new charter school in oklahoma this absolutely is the direction that oklahoma should go it provides more choices for our students and our it provides more choices no it doesn't it takes choices away students should not be forced to worship a religion at the hands of the state they have no choice but to attend these schools if they don't attend, they're marked absent and ultimately are marked truant. And police officers will show up to force them to go to the class every day. This isn't an option that they have to attend or not to attend. This guy's doing everything that he can to impose religion upon kids who have no other option but to sit there and listen to the religious indoctrination. This isn't giving kids more choices. It's taking choices away should go it provides more choices for our students and our parents so that if they want to put their kid in a different learning environment they can and again nobody knows best for kids and their parents also to be that's simply not true nobody knows best for their kids but their parents no that's false do you know how many parents out there beat their kids senseless do you have any idea how many parents think that powdered donuts are an appropriate lunch every day for their children do you have any idea how many parents you know, buy clothing a size too small because they don't even realize that their kid is like grown and needs their clothing sized up. No, parents don't know what's best for their children, actually. 
I mean, they would if they paid attention to, you know, facts and science-based information and, and kept up on the most recent scientific data regarding how to raise kids and what they need and things like that. But most parents don't. Statistically, we can look at the data that shows us that kids are suffering terribly, some of them. Parents absolutely don't know how to take care of their children, sometimes. So we have to set guardrails and make sure that the parents are fulfilling their end and not like neglecting their kid or abusing their kid or mistreating them or whatever. This is an absurd statement. Parents know what's best for kids, really. This is honestly like him saying that it's, it's a dog whistle is what it is. Parents' rights, quote unquote, that dog whistle is used to signal to the far right because that's the strategy that the far right has been taking to impose their religious beliefs on everybody else, basically. Not just their religious beliefs, but impose everything, on you know, any of their beliefs. Parents don't like the fact that trans kids go to the same school as them. Well, it's a parent's right to not send their kid to a school with a trans kid or a gay kid. It's a parent's right to know if their kid is gay. So they order teachers who find out to tell the parents. And if they don't, then they can be jailed or fired or whatever else. Uh, you know, there's a ton of draconian extreme stuff that's done in the name of, quote unquote, parents' rights. Parents don't know what's best for their kids. The, the data shows what's best for kids. And we should put guardrails up to protect the kids within this small range. I don't want you guys to get discouraged here, though. I, I just want to say it feels hopeless sometimes. You know, these extremists doing all kinds of extremisty stuff. Before going any further, I just want to point out, yes, these people are very, very extreme, and they are in positions of power. But the more extreme they get, the less support they have. The, it's been proven time and time again through the numbers that the more extreme Republicans get, the fewer votes they get. Just 2022 midterms, they went extreme. They banned or they did away with Roe v. Wade like months before the 2022 midterm elections. And look what happened. They lost, by and large. They lost seats in the Senate, and they got a very, very modest win in the House, like way more modest than it they've gotten in 40 years or something. It feels hopeless sometimes. These people, it's really concerning seeing them rise to power and stuff. This is the dying gasp of, an extremist movement. It, it won't last forever. They're going to eat themselves alive and they're already losing, not just in polls, but in real elections, real situations they're losing. So walking into this, I just want you guys to be aware that we can safely laugh it off. We need to take the threat seriously by voting, but it's mostly okay to just laugh at this stuff. They want to put their kid in a different learning environment. They can. And again, nobody knows. They already can. It's called private school. Environment they can. And again, nobody knows best for kids and their parents. Also, to be clear, this is about religious liberties. Absolutely. Do we want the Catholic Church and do we want other religious entities to be involved in education? No, you shouldn't want that. You know why? Because he's not talking about private schools. He's talking about 
public schools. He wants to impose religion on the children of, you know, in public schools. That's what he's saying right now. That's insane. You think this is insane, though? Just wait. It gets even worse from this guy. Seriously. It is a good thing for Oklahomans to have more people involved, to have more options available for their kids so that education outcomes continue to improve. I mean, think about how he's propagandizing here. Think about how he's structuring this, right? He's correct that it's generally good for more people to be involved in a kid's life on a like a, a base level, on a personal level. You know, it's better to have aunts and uncles and grandparents and, uh, you know, parents and cousins and stuff in a kid's life. It's better. A, a, a kid flourishes and succeeds more if they have more close family members in their lives that work with them and help them and talk to them and teach them and stuff like that. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about forcing children that are in public school to sit through like religious indoctrination, forcing them like with the force of the law. They are not allowed to leave the classroom legally. That's what he's talking about. That's not good for a kid. That's you think that's good for a Jewish kid to sit there and listen to a Catholic priest talk about how Jews killed Jesus and how Christianity is correct and all that other stuff. You think that's better for them, for their psyche? Like the guy is obviously just propagandizing wildly and doing everything he can to seemingly like get a new slot on Fox News or something. It's insane. What is happening in Oklahoma right now? for their kids so that education outcomes continue to improve. I will continue to support this, and we will continue to champion parents and students here at the agency. Absolutely unhinged from reality, dude. Like I said, this guy didn't stop there. This one was like early April or mid-April, I think. Listen to this one. May 1st, 2023. The dude just keeps going. He's on a roll right now. It gets unhinged from reality. Oklahomans, we have a clear choice in front of us. When it comes to our schools, do we want the radical ideology into our classroom that pushes gender theory, that pushes graphic porn in order to perform a social experiment on our kids? Wow, dude. Okay, this guy is a superintendent and later talks about how he was a history teacher or is a history teacher. I don't know. And he thinks that teachers are teaching gender theory and exposing kids to like corn, like corn on the cob like cobs of corn that one would eat. He thinks that they're being exposed to that stuff. This is insane. What is happening right now? I mean, he's obviously lying, right? Nobody who is actually a teacher or ever was a teacher believes that children are being exposed to this stuff. Like, that's absurd. I mean, I don't understand how anybody who's ever in a classroom would think that kids are being exposed to that. I, I mean, I've been in a classroom. That stuff was never part of the curriculum. This guy helped set the curriculum, doesn't he? He must know teachers are not teaching gender ideology, quote unquote, or like any of the other stuff that he listed. This is just unhinged. I mean, like I say, he's just ch like trying to get that slot on Fox News, apparently. To perform a social experiment on our kids? Or do we want the U.S. Constitution? Do we want documents like the Federalist Papers and the Bible? So that our kids understand our history and how our government was put together. Wait, understand our history and how the government was put together. What does the Bible have to do with any of that? The Bible was not a founding document and was not integral to any of the founding documents writing. It wasn't like a lot of the founding fathers weren't even 
religious. They weren't Christians. They were deists at best, a lot of them were. Like Thomas Jefferson, James Madison. These people were not religious nutcases. The ones that helped write the Constitution. I mean, I think James Madison wrote the Constitution by and large. Now, there were a couple of people at the very beginning, you know, 1700s, who were involved in the, the early days of government, like John Adams. Is that his name? Yeah, John Adams. Yeah, that's his name. John Adams was a religious nutter butter, straight up. He believed that, you know, he believed the same way these people believe. And he was like the third president or something, I think, after Thomas Jefferson. It was just crazy, dude, some of the stuff he came up with. But by and large, the founding fathers were not religious fundamentalists. Like one of them was, maybe two, out of like a hundred or more. You know, early presidents, the people who, the early legislators, you know, the, the people who signed the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and stuff. Largely, those were not religious people. I mean, I think one maybe was a pastor who signed the Declaration of Independence, one. But they're going to rewrite history, make it out to be something that it's not, because they want the Bible to be a foundational teaching tool in schools. I mean, you heard it earlier. He wants to create religious schools. So that our kids understand our history and how our government was put together. Those core fundamental principles that have made us the greatest country in the history of the world. Real Americans know that we've got to support our kids by giving them a great understanding of our history. Radical leftists in the Biden administration, they would prefer to sexualize our kids. Where is he coming up with this? Who does he think is sexualizing kids? What is this dude talking about? This is unhinged from reality, straight up. And you know what's even more sad than that? You know, I get a lot of my clips from places like Ron Filipkowski on Twitter, Right Wing Watch, um, Hemant Mehta has clips like this. You know where I got this clip from? Ryan Walter's Twitter account. He recorded this and thought to himself, this is exactly what I want to post to Twitter. This isn't even like I'm taking this out of context. This isn't even cut up or clipped or changed around or anything. This is his words from his mouth on his Twitter account that he posted. This is what he wants the world to know. There's no misinterpreting this. He is a fundamentalist extremist that wants to impose religion on everybody around him, including the children that he is a superintendent over. I mean, this whole sexualizing kids thing, it, it's all nonsense, obviously. But I don't know if you guys remember this guy. This is uh, Doug Mastriano. Kind of hard to make out. He's on screen here. But yeah, he uh, he ran for Pennsylvania governor back in 2022. He lost, he, but he got 40% of the vote. He was pretty close. He's the Republican nominee for Pennsylvania governor. And this one came out early October 2022. So it was right before the 2022 election took place. This is what he wanted to say to his voters to try to encourage them to come out. You, once you hear this, you'll connect the dots on why I'm playing this in the same context as the Ryan Walters clip from a minute ago. On day one, the sexualization of our kids, pole dancing and all this other crap that's going on will be forbidden in our schools. Pole dancing in schools. He thinks that kids are pole dancing in schools. Seriously. This is where the right is right now. Okay? This is what the right seems to believe. They, they seem to be convinced that there's some gender ideology that is pervasive in teaching kids to pole dance. 
in like elementary school. Really. Keep listening. It gets even crazier. Yeah, people cheering for this. Seriously. On day one, all the graphic books that are in elementary schools will be, will be pulled out. What graphic books is he talking about? Name one. Show me which districts they're in specifically. Let's see how many are out there. In elementary schools will be, will be pulled out. In, in elementary schools. He thinks that there are graphic books in elementary schools. Seriously. I, like I said, this is where the right is right now. This, like, this guy lost his election, but this is where they are. This is what they want to do. This is nuts. Books that are in elementary schools will be, will be pulled out. <laughs> on day one and done, critical race theory is out the window. Critical race theory. Okay. Yeah, so this was like from October 2022. That was the hot button issue at the time. Critical race theory, CRT. He apparently believed or wanted everyone else to believe that CRT was being taught in elementary schools. Dead serious. Yep. And people just losing their minds over it. Yeah, we got to get rid of CRT <laughs> in elementary schools. Come on. That's right. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> this is so cringy and terrible and sad. Oh, my God. This guy's a QAnoner, by the way. He appeared at a bunch of QAnon conferences where... Bunch of weird stuff happened. Anyways, back to Ryan Walters. So that's the ideology of the right right now. Let me form it out for you a little bit more. You saw this at the very beginning of the video, probably. This is the teachers union terrorist thing. He's actually giving a speech, I think, in front of the school board. I'm not sure exactly where he is, but listen to this. He released this on his Twitter account also, I believe, May 1st, 2023. But, you know, the, the teachers union, you know, I, I don't negotiate with the teachers union. They're a terrorist organization that is content. Members, members. He thinks the teachers union is a terrorist organization. This is sad. Teachers union is just out there to make sure that teachers are paid what they are worth. And honestly, they're not even doing a good job of that. Like, they're not a terrorist organization. That's. How do you like how do you describe that other than unglued from reality, honestly? That has continued to spread misinformation around the state and lie about our administration. So Speaker Her question uh, regarding your rhetoric was not about party um, alone. I don't want to speak for my my colleague from Tulsa, but but my my view uh, is when you talk about um, radical leftists, that is certainly partisan and absolutely he's politically charged of course it is and i do question how you see us coming together as a result of that kind of language but you, you not just as a result of that language but how does he see them coming together when he dehumanizes them so much like that he just says radical leftists calls them terrorists and all this stuff at a school board meeting his mind is shut down He's obviously not going to participate. I mean, this guy is obviously a right-wing MAGA extremist at this point. Like, I know that I'm using similar language to what he's using here, but I need to point it out that this guy lives in an alternate reality that has an alternate set of facts connected to it. There is no negotiating with this guy. You know, I would love to negotiate and meet in the middle 
and work on deals that are amicable for everybody or honestly amicable for nobody. You know what? Compromise isn't always one side winning. A lot of the time compromise is both sides losing. But this guy is from a group of extremists that, who was it, Barry Goldwater maybe described? Hey, let me find the quote from Barry Goldwater. Yeah, here's a quote from Barry Goldwater. If you don't know Barry Goldwater, he was like a presidential candidate that got pretty close back in the day and ha it had a lot of populist support. Anyways, here's a quote from Barry Goldwater. Mark my word, if and when these preachers get control of the Republican Party, and they're sure trying to do so, it's going to be a terrible damn problem. It's going to be a terrible damn problem. Frankly, these people frighten me. Politics and governing demand compromise, but these Christians believe they're acting in the name of God, so they can't and won't compromise. I know, I've tried to deal with them. This is a Republican. This is a conservative right-wing guy who recognized the problem that now exists. Okay, this guy saw the problem creeping up. Extremists who refuse to work with others and call teachers unions terrorist organizations. Okay, that's, that's the problem Barry Goldwater saw coming all the way back in, I don't know, 1960-something. And that's the problem that we are now faced with. These people, specifically people like Ryan Walters, have no place in a position of authority. None. I can't believe the dude is, like, connected or is a, a superintendent. That's crazy to me. Anyway, so this guy is succinctly explaining that, like, using radical politicized partisan language in this type of setting is not productive and not a good way to get things done. And obviously the guy doesn't even want to compromise. He has no interest in compromise, like Barry Goldwater said. As a result of that kind of language. But you, you also uh, talk about it in terms of American history and not teaching the bad side of it. Uh, but then this morning, before you came in here, you posted a video wherein you talk about how you'd like to put Bibles in all public schools. I grew up in a Christian church, um, and I, I still adhere to many of those beliefs. But it is not our job, and in fact, it is constitutionally prohibited for us to. Uh, I guess I'm curious what your definition of indoctrination is, because what you said in that video could absolutely be construed as an attempt to indoctrinate kids. Oh, it, it couldn't be construed as such. It is indoctrinating kids to try to put Bibles in every classroom and impose religion upon kids. That's indoctrination, if anything is, right? Let's just define the word indoctrinate here. Teach a person or group to accept a set of beliefs uncritically. How else would you describe what he's trying to do? He wants to get them while they're young and convince them that this is real so they don't have the opportunity to use critical thinking skills on it before they even learn critical thinking skills he wants to push this belief system upon them that's how this works yeah you know and i appreciate that question because it does illustrate that democrats want to strike out any mentions of the bible from our once again this is partisan language democrats don't want to strike out language of anything like that as a representative of the state who has a responsibility to teach children according to a curriculum, you can't impose your religion upon these kids. Uh, whether this guy likes it or not, this country, the United States, is made up of people of all different backgrounds. We've got Jewish people here. We've got Christians. We've got Muslims. We've got Sikhs. 
Hindus, Jains, Buddhists, atheists. We got everybody of every religious position across the spectrum. This guy wants to use his position of authority as a representative of the government to impose his Christian religious beliefs upon Muslim children, upon Jewish children. That's what he wants to do. That's his goal. That's the end that he's working toward. And while imposing those religious beliefs on the people around him, he is complaining that they are unhappy about that. Democrats don't want to strike out every mention of the Bible or whatever other thing. They want a fair and level playing field. Keep your religion at your church, and I will keep mine at my church if I have one. He doesn't get that concept, or he doesn't want to. He wants to force you to believe the way that he does. He wants to force your children to believe the way that he does, uncritically. That Democrats want to strike out any mentions of the Bible from our history and make sure that our... No, if it's a legitimate part of history, then it can be included. It's just not a part of U.S. history, that's all. ...of the Bible from our history and make sure that our kids... That real quick. Superintendent, I... I think somebody said, can I respond real quick? That real quick. Superintendent, I, I do not believe that. Okay, I guess it wasn't his turn to talk, so they got upset. All right. Appreciate it. All right, this meeting's adjourned. Thank you for being here. Have a good, Thank you. Like, they didn't even give anybody a chance to talk. They gave that one guy a chance to talk for a minute, but I don't know. I'm just not happy with this situation. Look, apparently he's a pocket square kind of fella. This guy's got a pocket square. Okay. Not everybody's a pocket square guy. Wait, what was that she said? Hold on. I think she's saying something about praising him, something, something. So, anyways, yeah. This guy's just unhinged from reality in every way. It's so bizarre and disturbing. I don't even know what to do with it. All right, check this one out. May 4th, 2023. Again, not all of these, but the vast majority of these I got from his Twitter account that he posted personally just because he likes to, just because this is what he believes. This isn't taken out of context. This isn't clipped up and chopped up and changed around or any of that. This is exactly what he believes the way that he wanted you to hear it. Well, the national test scores are out on U.S. history, and 86% of students are at basic or below level in their understanding of U.S. history. Only 1% scoring advanced. And folks, this is what happens when we allow the left to push indoctrination in the classroom, critical race theory, this anti- Oh, wow. Okay, what? Where is all this coming from? It seems to me that the logical conclusion to what he's saying, if this is even true, is it even true that 86% are below average in U.S. history? Probably not. Don't believe a word out of his mouth. You need to look everything up. Matter of fact, let's find out. I'm just going to search for the exact claim that he just laid on us. Maybe I can turn something up. I, I have no idea where he pulled that statistic from. I, don't, I, I have no clue where he might have pulled that statistic from, but I, I'm not even sure where to find something like that. Maybe it, like when this is edited, I'll find the answer to it and I'll pop it up here. Is this true or not? Is 86% of the U.S. population like below average in U.S. history? Like I said, don't trust a word out of his mouth. Literally, not one, okay? You need to look every last bit up. 
But you know what? Let's take it at face value and say, for the sake of argument, okay, people are below average in U.S. history. Do you think maybe that would be because COVID hit and everybody kind of fell behind? Like the world kind of came to a grinding halt for a while? Not just the U.S., but the world that everybody suffered? And it wasn't anybody's fault. This is a pandemic. This is how it happens. You know, we did our best to prevent people from dying, to slow the spread and everything else. That's just how it goes. Maybe we should have gotten kids back in the classroom a little bit sooner than we did. You know, we can Monday morning quarterback about how we handled the pandemic all we want, but the end result is kids are going to be a little bit behind on some things, unfortunately. Do you think that's a better explanation than what the hell was his explanation for it? Why why did he think that kids are so behind in history? Because the radical left is inserting CRT in curriculums? What? Doesn't this guy write the curriculums? What is he talking about? What curriculum includes CRT specifically? Point it out for me. Is CRT in the room with us right now, Ryan? On their understanding of U.S. history, only 1% scoring advanced. Apparently it is true. According to my editor, they looked it up and discovered, and in fact, it is true. 1% are advanced. That doesn't mean anything else about this is true. What happens when we allow the left to push indoctrination in the classroom, critical race theory. Uh, this guy is the one writing curriculums, right? Or at least approving them. What's he talking about? He knows this is nonsense. He knows it is. This anti-American indoctrination, gender theory. Our kids don't understand American history. He thinks that kids are learning gender theory in U.S. history class? Really? Where did CRT hurt you? Yeah. Point to the doll. Point on the doll where CRT touched you. Just a joke, dude. Seriously. We will be announcing curriculum and standards to improve our U.S. history scores across the state and to make sure that every Oklahoma student understands American history, understands the founding principles, understands more than just the bad parts of our country's history. Wait, are just the bad parts included? What are you talking about? Do superintendents approve curriculums? Okay, a superintendent of curriculum is in charge of instructional material and professional development programs for their school district. They are also responsible for curriculum review, development, and implementation of programs. There you go. So apparently the superintendent of schools, I think, review and approve the curriculum and, and kind of strategize about how it's going to be implemented, basically. He, at the very least knows what's in the curriculum, exactly what's in it, and knows that he's lying here. He's just flat out blatantly bold-faced lying, right? Of our country's history. Elon Musk just did an interview last week. Oh my God, this dude did not just quote Elon Musk. Country's history. Elon Musk just did an interview last week saying that he was talking to a parent who said that the only thing... Okay, now hold on. How many degrees separated are we now? So this guy is citing an anecdote from another guy who is citing an anecdote from another person, right? So what is that, three degrees of separation now? I mean, have you ever heard of the game Telephone? They used to play that in elementary school, didn't they? This is like Joe Rogan when he claimed that a friend of his worked at a school district or something and some kid wanted a litter box put into the bathroom because they identify as a cat. is completely made up. It was a blatant lie. Now, Joe Rogan apologized for that, apparently, said... I'm sorry, apparently it wasn't true. But this guy is spreading, or he's about to spread at least, 
effectively the exact same type of misinformation. Bad parts of our country's history. Elon Musk just did an interview last week saying that he was talking to a parent who said that the only thing that their kid knew about George Washington was that he was a slave owner. Okay, I didn't even actually know that until like way later in life. Do they even teach that? Like this sounds completely made up that this is are you trying to tell me that the they had a lesson on George Washington and the lesson went like this. He was a slave owner. The end. Is that what you're trying to tell me? That's literally the only thing they knew about him. I mean, that should certainly be taught. That's something that's important and relevant to everything pertaining to U.S. history. But they should certainly learn a whole lot more than that. Now, Elon Musk grew up in apartheid South Africa, a place that was about as racist as it gets. It's bad. An apartheid state. It's absolutely ugly. So I would be surprised if Elon Musk came out of that environment not racist. It doesn't surprise me to hear that he's spreading racist disinformation. What surprises me is that a superintendent of a school is repeating it. Washington was that he was a slave owner. Well, there's more that you need to know about George Washington than that. We have got to give our kids a holistic view of our history so they understand all of the great things that have happened in our history, what made us great, and, and, and the bad parts as well. But we've got to ensure... Oh, and the bad parts as well. I guess that was an afterthought. Okay. ...parts as well. But we've got to ensure that our kids know our history, and that is of the top importance and priority for me. As if kids don't know U.S. history. Like, as if U.S. history classes are not teaching U.S. history. This is just, like, fabricated garbage. I'm telling you, dude seems to be aiming for, like, a slot on Fox News or something. He's doing everything he can to impose his religious beliefs on the people around him, and it is absolutely unhinged from reality. If you know a better term for it, then tell me in the comments. This is nuts. Let me take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how Fox News creates propaganda stories out of nothing. They're accusing Biden of bribery. With what evidence? Absolutely none. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. Fox News has been drumming up this propaganda campaign against Joe Biden. They claim that he was involved in some bribery scheme for pay or some other thing. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm going to say no until I receive evidence for it. Because that's the thing. There is no evidence. They've been whipping up this whole campaign against him for a few days, for weeks, honestly. And I'm sure it's going to go on for months to come over nothing. They have no evidence, nothing at all. So I wanted to talk about how Fox News formulates this propaganda, how it's created and then propagated. Listen to Ted Cruz talking about this May 3rd, 2023 on Fox News. I think he's with Hannity right now. From Grassley and Comer. Yeah. And they're, they're saying that. Uh, Grassley and Comer, by the way, are congressmen of some sort who are on a committee that something. So they're investigating something or other. Basically, they're trying to get Biden impeached at any cost. Whatever it takes, whatever it's over, it doesn't matter to them. From Grassley and Comer. Yeah. And they're, they're saying that they believe the DOJ and the FBI possess an unclassified FD-1023 that describes a, an alleged criminal scheme involving then-Vice President Biden. Wow, that's a lot of dis degrees of separation. So 
Sean Hannity, talking to Ted Cruz, tells him that he heard from Chuck Grassley, that he heard from somebody, that the FBI heard from somebody, that Biden committed some bribery scheme or some other nonsense. Like, how many degrees of separation are, are we now? Like, five? You ever heard of the game Telephone? You know, in elementary school, you play that game Telephone, you whisper something about you know, eating spaghetti comes out on the other side and it's something completely unrelated. Like, did he not know that game? No, I'm sure he knows that this is complete nonsense. There's no evidence to back any of the, these claims up, but this is how Fox News builds propaganda. Okay, so there's some alleged whistleblower, supposedly, don't know the guy's name, don't know anything about this person, who claims to know that the FBI has some document detailing some alleged bribery scheme by Joe Biden. That's the claim. And Fox News is going to build this into a whole narrative out of absolutely nothing. They have nothing. Scheme involving then Vice President Biden and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for a policy decision. Okay, so the claim is Biden traded money for a policy decision as vice president. Uh, vice president isn't a legislator, right? He's He doesn't decide on policy or whatever. He doesn't even like, I guess I could see him like suggesting something to Obama, but even then, the point is that they have nothing and they're building this entire thing out of nothing. Keep listening. Uh, that would be a high crime and misdemeanor, wouldn't yeah. it, Senator? It, it, it absolutely would. In fact, it doesn't have to be a, a high crime or misdemeanor because the Constitution specifies that impeachment lies for treason, bribery, or other high crimes or misdemeanors. Bribery is explicitly noted in the Constitution. And, and, and I got to say, the evidence, not only against Hunter Biden, but the evidence against... Wait, ev evidence against Hunter Biden for what, first of all? What did Hunter Biden do? What what does this have to do with anything? Are we impeaching Hunter Biden now? Biden, but the evidence against Joe Biden being complicit and profiting from this corruption is growing and growing and growing. Every week on my podcast, I've verdict with Ted Cruz. I've walked. Okay, he's shouting his stuff out. It's growing, huh? Okay, evidence is growing. Lay it on me. What do you got? Let's see it. Let's lay. Give me the evidence. I'll take a look. Oh, there is no evidence. That's interesting. They've got nothing, but they're going to spin this story up and build it into something out of absolutely nothing because that's how Fox News operates. Now, I find it interesting that they're talking about impeachment here over something that Biden supposedly did when he was vice president. Impeachment is reserved only for things that a president does during their term specifically in the same way that people said that Trump couldn't be indicted as a sitting president because there is a remedy for sitting presidents that's impeachment. If we follow that line of logic, a president can't be impeached for something they did a long time ago. It would have to be something that they did in office or leading up to office or whatever, right? That, I think that's generally the custom in the U.S. But okay, so listen to this one. I mean, they're really spinning this story up, dude. They want everybody to believe that Biden did some corruption, bribery, something or other with no evidence. Like I said, they have some guy supposedly claim, unnamed guy, we don't even know who it is, claimed 
if there even is a guy, that Biden was bribed by somebody to make a policy decision when he was vice president. And he claims that the evidence has or that the FBI has the evidence of that in a single document. Have they seen the document? No. Have they even heard the name of the whistleblower, the supposed whistleblower? No, of course they haven't. The point is there's zero evidence for this. Zero. We're wondering exactly what this is all about. According to a, a press release that was sent out by James Comer's office, it says the information provided by a whistleblower raises concerns that then Vice President Biden allegedly engaged in a bribery scheme with a foreign national. He goes on to say the American people need... God, this is James Comer, I think. Look at this eating grin on this guy's face. How does somebody like get their picture taken and look at it and see that they're making this face and think to themselves, yeah, you know what? This is a good picture for like the official record. I think I look super snazzy in this picture. I like it. Let's keep it. That both of these people are Republican extremists on the far right, and they're both the same committee. Like they're on the same committee in the House, I think, of representatives. And uh, you know, maybe it's the Senate. Oh, he's the Senate. Okay, so these are senators, I guess, not not House members. Anyway, right, they're, they're about to talk to uh, Chuck Grassley here. The then Vice President Biden allegedly engaged in a bribery scheme with a foreign national. He goes on to say the American people need to know if President Biden sold out the United States to make money for himself. Senator Grassley and I will seek the truth to ensure accountability for the American people. Like, if this was an honest thing they were dealing with right now, they would try to retrieve the evidence to prove this before bringing it up. They have nothing. You know, Fox News won't talk about anything related to Trump until they have hard evidence and until, you know, the left is, to, you know, Trump is arrested and then they're talking about the Stormy Daniels stuff. They didn't say a word about the Stormy Daniels stuff when all of this was happening, right? They didn't say a word about Stormy Daniels until the moment they couldn't avoid it anymore. Or until the moment they kind of started siding with DeSantis a little bit in the election. ...ability for the American people. Uh, well, that really whets our appetite as to exactly what, what this is all about. Does this have to do with Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings? Oh my God, dude, they are so obsessed with Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden is just some dude, okay? He's not even in government. Why do you care about Hunter Biden so much? It's insane with Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings in Ukraine or China, or is it something else? Well, I, I guess basically uh, we, we've got to wait to uh, see what, what the document exactly says. Then why are you on the phone with Fox News? If you're waiting to hear or see what the document says, why did you even call in? If there even is a document... It was, it was claimed by some guy who they won't name that there is a document. That's it. Why is he calling in about this? And for the record, that Hunter Biden stuff, it was subtle. But I, I just want to like mention that because it's one more link in the chain of the culture war. So Hunter Biden and other Bidens, you know, other members of the family, his wife or his girlfriend or something and his mom, I don't know, other people own properties and you know capital like companies or whatever other thing all around the world you know trump has factories in china that he works with all the time and owns stocks and properties and all kinds of stuff it's a wise business decision to invest in a diverse set of things it's a wise decision to 
own properties and stocks and things in other countries. Uh, you know, have a worldwide type of thing. If you have that kind of money, it's good. And that's what Trump does, right? Well, the Biden family has done that too. Hunter Biden owned shares in a company in China, Canada, Ukraine, number of other different places, just like Trump. Well, I don't know when, a couple of years ago, Hunter Biden sold his stake in one of these companies and it was paid out. I mean, that happens all the time. There's nothing unusual about any of this. James Comer and others, the people we're talking about here, got their hands on the bank records because they're part of like a committee in the Senate or something like that that is allowed to subpoena people for absolutely no reason or for almost no reason, minimal reasons. And they got a copy of his bank statement that showed that he paid out on one of these companies or one of these stocks that he owned or whatever. So it shows a transaction from China, you know, not from the Chinese government, just from China, just some Chinese company paying out to him because he sold his stake in this company. And they are using this as the basis to claim that Hunter Biden had these dirty business dealings in China or whatever. There's no more reason to think that Hunter Biden had dirty business dealings in China than there is to think Trump did. Just take a look at Trump's banking history. I guarantee you'll see all kinds of transactions coming to and from China. That's where he had his ties made and his hats and all whatever other merchandise Trump sells. That's how the business works. This is business. Welcome to the real world. Fox News people, these anchors and stuff, they know that. In fact, he, this guy here, Chuck Grassley too, they probably have stake in companies in China or Canada or Ukraine or wherever. They know how this works, but they want to spin up a propagandistic narrative, a propagandistic attack against these people. So they're going to throw in these buzzwords and they're going to keep repeating them. China, Biden, Hunter Biden, Chinese assets, money trail. You know, they're just going to throw these words out like free word association and create new loaded language and cliches the same way that cults or extremist organizations do. Feelings in Ukraine or China, or is it something else? Well, I, I guess basically uh, we, we've got to wait to uh, see what, what the document exactly says, but I'm convinced that uh, we've got to get this detail, and at this time uh, the FBI needs to explain whether it's accurate or not. But uh, this is based upon. Well, so he's saying he doesn't even know if it's accurate. He's saying he wants somebody to tell him if this document even exists. Well, what if the FBI comes back and says this doesn't exist? This is fake. You know what they're going to do next? They're going to claim the FBI is lying. They're working for Joe Biden and all of this other garbage. This is how they spin up a narrative. There is no right answer to this situation. There's no good solution to this problem. Because they don't want there to be a good solution to the problem. They want to spin up a lie about Joe Biden to get him impeached at any cost. Or not. But uh, this is based upon uh, information that we get from what I think are very... Dude, is somebody typing in the background? Are you kidding me? Why are you typing? This is Fox News. I thought this is high production. Don't you have a mute button on your microphone? But uh, this is based upon... Like, who the hell is typing right now? Is this a producer in the background just sitting there? Why does a producer have a microphone? 
What is happening? Whether it's accurate or not, but uh, this is based upon uh, information that we get from what I think are very credible uh, sources within the uh, department. Very credible sources. This is information from who I consider to be very credible. Well, tell us who it is then. Nay, at least tell us their exact position. You don't have to like dox them or something, but give us an idea of exactly the level of credibility that this person has. At the very least, let's have their credibility level. Some whistleblower claimed that the FBI had evidence of something, and instead of going and get the evidence, they're just claiming that it's true, or they're at least implying that it's true, with no more critical thought required. I mean, the whole Republican machine has come out to parrot this whole narrative. Here's Ron Johnson, Wisconsin senator. By the way, this guy was involved in the January 6th insurrection attempt and the fake elector scheme, too, I think. Listen to what he says here. May 3rd, 2023, he's going to throw his hat in the ring and try to get Biden impeached over absolutely nothing. This is how a narrative is spun. Uh, quickly, before I let you go, Senator, will your colleagues make those underlying documents publicly available? We know the whistleblower will remain protected, but what about the allegations? Will be Do, They don't even have the documents. American people see them? Well, I, we'll have to see what's in them. Yeah, they haven't even seen any doc. They don't even know if the documents are real. They're just claiming that they're real or they're assuming that they're real. Why did they come out here and talk about this now? Do you have any idea how hard it's been for me to get mainstream media to take stuff seriously? There have been real serious terroristic threats against me and other people by extremists. And I can't get a single news network to pick up on this. I even wrote a full press release one time for a newspaper, for like a, a media network to pick up on and read exactly the same way that James Comer wrote a press release about this, about, you know, th this supposed alleged document that nobody has seen or even knows existed. I wrote a press release like that to get people to take some stuff seriously, specifically about like Steven Anderson and some of the stuff that he said. Did they pick up on it? No. Why? Guess it wasn't that important, but this is apparently. This is important. So they haven't seen the document yet, okay? It's in them. They'll see whether they're credible allegations, whether they're not, they connect to other wrongdoing by the, by the Biden family. He says we're going to have to read them and see if they're credible. Why are you talking about this if you haven't done that first rudimentary step? Um, and if they turn out to not be credible, sir, uh, will your colleagues acknowledge that, you think? Only got a couple oh, seconds left. Th that'll be up to them. They're, they're I mean, really, she's asking him if he's going to acknowledge that this was fake. The answer, of course, is no. Of course, he's not going to acknowledge that he was full of it. He'd never do such a thing. He should go on a media tour and apologize if it turns out to be the case, but he won't. Only got a couple seconds left. Th that'll be up to them. They're, they're the ones that will get the documents. Just absurd on every level, every last bit of it. This is Josh Hawley reinforcing the exact same narrative. I mean, this is really going around Republican circles right now. May 3rd, 2023, same day. Fox News this is called a fire hose of falsehoods, by the way. Well, it's kind of the fire hose of falsehoods. There are a couple of different propaganda methods, okay? Gish Gallup is a technique in a debate when you bust out a billion different claims back to back to back, and your opponent or the listener or whoever doesn't have an opportunity to debunk or look up or question every single one of them. Even more useful if you use 
specific words that are linked to a broader concept, like Trump saying impeachment hoax or Russia, Russia, Russia. That's called loaded language or thought terminating cliches. The idea is to package up a whole concept. There was no collusion with Russia. Donald Trump was innocent. He had nothing to do with any of this stuff. You know, Russia did anything that they did on their own. And for the record, Russia did nothing anyways. All these concepts all packaged into one thing. Russia, Russia, Russia. Or no collusion into one set of words. So they'll bust out as many of these words as they possibly can within a really short time frame. And you don't have an opportunity to debunk or look them all up. That's called the Gish Gallop. Well, the fire hose of falsehoods is where you do a Gish Gallop effectively over as many different outlets as possible. You're just hammering down on this, spreading as much propaganda, as many lies as humanly possible through as many outlets as you can to reach as many people as possible. And that's kind of what Fox News is doing right now, the firehose of falsehoods. Every single show, every single commentator is talking about Biden being impeached over bribery. That's all they're talking about on May 3rd, 2023. Biden being impeached over bribery biden being impeached over bribery that's it even though they have zero evidence for any of it so this fox news host i'm not actually sure who this guy is i don't think i've ever even heard of him before but he had josh hawley on to talk about this biden impeachment bribery but whatever it is who do we think the, the other country is they, we, we we knew the chinese connection and all that like the chinese connection again this is just hunter biden selling his you know, his interest in a company that operated in China. That's it. There is no Chinese connection, but they're establishing this stuff right off the bat and claiming it to be true without any further critical analysis. Who do we think the, the other country is? They, we, we, we knew the Chinese connection and all that, but this is, a, this is something new. Do you have any information on that? I do not. I don't have any information on what the whistleblowers has alleged in terms of the specific substantive allegations. Literally nobody does. Other than that, there is documentation that the FBI has. And I just say again to those Democrats out there screaming about how Joe Biden is innocent. Joe Biden hasn't done anything. Well, fine. No, I didn't say that. I said, you have no evidence. Bring me evidence. Show me something, anything. I will take literally anything at this point, aside from, trust me, bro, aside from some guy claiming it, a guy, by the way, that you won't even tell us who it is. You won't even let us assess his credibility. Won't give us anything. Like, I, I have no stake in Joe Biden, no interest. I don't care about Joe Biden, like literally at all. If the dude is guilty of something, then prosecute, impeach, whatever. I just think you're full of it, is all. I just think... You are lying through your teeth because you want to spin up a propaganda machine against this guy. In fact, I know that you're attempting to spin up a propaganda machine against him. I'm watching it happen. I'm analyzing the propaganda techniques that you're using right now. It's nonsense. About how Joe Biden is innocent. Joe Biden hasn't done anything. Well, fine. Then show us what you know. Show us what the evidence. Yeah, this is another propaganda technique. He's flipping the burden of proof on other people. When there's no evidence for what he's claimed, there's no reason to think any of this is true. He's flipping it around and saying, if you think he's innocent, then prove it to us. No, it's on you to prove to us that he's not innocent. It's not on me 
to prove your claim false. Show us what you know. Show us what the evidence is and the allegations. Don't be afraid of what the facts are. Anyway, that's Fox News and what they do and who they are. I mean, that, that's a perfect microcosm of how they operate. Something called the wrap-up smear technique in politics. It's where somebody claims something and then the news runs with it and says, I don't know, let's, let me give an example. Like somebody will say, Donald Trump will say, Joe Biden or Joe Biden eats kids. Just say that. And then the following night on Fox News, this is the wrap up smear. Tucker Carlson will come on and he'll, well, not anymore. I guess he's fired, but he'll come on and he'll say, tonight on Tucker Carlson, Donald Trump says Joe Biden eats children. Is this true? Just asking questions. They'll pose it as a question and pretend that it's newsworthy. This is how Fox News gets around the news commentary barrier, too, right? So Fox News actually does have a legitimate reporting arm. So half their company, or even more than half, is commentary, and the other much smaller portion is actual news. So the commentators like Tucker Carlson, not anymore, I guess, but, you know, Jesse Waters or whoever else, Bartiromo, I don't even remember the others. They will all make wild allegations, absolutely unhinged from reality. And then the news segment of Fox News will report that Bartiromo or Jesse Waters or whoever are talking about this. That's how they breach the barrier. That's how they kind of blur the line between news and commentary and keep them separate simultaneously. Interestingly enough, though, Fox News isn't the only one doing this. This one is on Newsmax. Greta Van Susteren? Susteren? Greta Van Susteren is her name, I guess. Anyway, Chuck Grassley went on Newsmax, of all things, to talk about it, too. May 4th, 2023. Check this out. It has been alleged that this document includes a precise description of how the alleged criminal scheme was employed as well as its purpose. That's bribery, sir, is it not? Um... I think it would be wrong for me to say exactly what conclusion you can draw from it, but the purpose of the letter is to make sure that that the public knows that we know this unclassified document exists. It has certain uh, it has certain accusations in it, and uh, I want to know whether or not it's been properly followed up on. Wow, wait a minute. Okay, so this is new information. Apparently this document just suppose I mean this alleged document that apparently exists question mark doesn't even include like the results of a like an investigation. It's just an alleged or just an allegation. We aren't even talking about like solid facts. This whistleblower apparently claimed the FBI had some document and the document doesn't even include the results of an investigation. Like this is so many degrees removed from reality that I I don't even know what to do with it. It's nuts. And, and that's really interesting language. He says, I don't know what's in the document too, right? We don't know if this document exists. I don't know if you can call this bribery or not until we see the document. Really? I want to know whether or not it's been properly followed up on by the Department of Justice and FBI, uh, and FBI, and uh, and uh, what they've done, the follow up. 
uh, and and the results of those follow-ups. Or if nothing's been done, then does that indicate some uh, political calculations interfered? Like, I look, he's adding an allegation on top of it. Like, if the the FBI didn't follow up on this because they thought it had no merit or credibility, then it means that Joe Biden interfered with it somehow. There is this is a no-win situation. They're just drumming up nonsense over nothing. Again, I don't even like the guy, okay? Biden is too far to the right for me, although he's a little bit more left than he was when, you know, he was uh, like a senator or the vice president or whatever. So there's that. But I don't even like him, okay? I have no interest in defending Joe Biden. But you're like forcing my hand here because this is just complete nonsense, all of it. Political calculations interfered like I have made that accusation before in the case of Hunter Biden versus Trump of uh, political decisions that people have made in the FBI to start an investigation against Trump based. Dude, I don't even know what he's talking about. I am lost. Like only people who are in deep lore know what he's talking about right now. I'm in deep lore. I, I understand the deep lore that they lay down, but th I think this is even too deep for me against Trump based on uh, very uh, minor uh, evidence and stop an investigation of Hunter Biden. Uh, so w w I think I have to follow up with this document to make sure that the same thing hasn't happened again. What country are you talking about? Uh, uh, what country I'm talking about. I, sh uh, I really uh, don't think that I know enough about that until I read the document. Huh, how about that? Doesn't know until I read the document. That might have been a good idea to do before you came out here in the first place to talk about it. This is a joke. These people are shameless, dude. They are shamelessly lying and propagandizing just for the sake of it, seemingly. Like, I don't know what else to call this. What is the point here? You know, there are real legitimate problems in society that need to be dealt with. And they are fabricating this problem out of absolutely nothing. This is how Fox News operates. This is how it works. This is how the not just Fox News, but the right-wing media machine works. Newsmax, One America News, uh, Breitbart, even the, the print articles and the, the written ones, The Federalist, and uh, everything, all of it. That's how it works. They have their commentators say something absolutely psychotic, and then they, ha they have the news arms the, that have a little bit more legitimacy to them report that these right-wing commentators are saying this stuff, and they spin up this whole story out of absolutely nothing. It's crazy how this works. Anyway, let me know what you think about it in the comments. It just blows me away, man. Let me take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a pastor who seems to think that Trump is the most honest person alive. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. The LGBT transgender grooming our children's minds is a national security threat because it is ultimately designed to destabilize the republic. This is Pastor Mark Burns. He also ran for office in South Carolina, I think. He lost, but he was retweeted by Trump recently. If you were curious, that video we just watched was him calling for the death penalty for LGBT people. 
We're going to watch the whole context behind that in a couple of minutes, but I want to show you what was retweeted by Donald Trump, which video of his was retweeted. And then I want to kind of give you an idea of who the guy is overall. And we'll take a look at that clip too. So check this out. May 3rd, 2023, he makes an appearance on this TV show called Flashpoint. I talk about it a lot on my unfiltered YouTube channel, Telltale Unfiltered. Donald Trump just did an interview on here. It's a TV show that's on the Victory Network, owned and operated by Kenneth Copeland. Anyway, let's listen to uh, what Mark Burns had to say to Flashpoint, the Flashpoint audience. In this video, he's referring to the interview that they did with Donald Trump on this TV show just the other day. Uh, he clearly is a man of the people, and I believe without a shadow of a doubt that the hand of God is upon his life. Uh, you know, Gene, first of all, let me just say congratulations. You guys have just done a wonderful job. You're talking about the interview with him. And the president, I believe, is, I know without a shadow of a doubt, is very thankful. But right now, the people are speaking for uh, Donald Trump, and I'm not here to campaign for him. Uh, he speaks. Could have fooled me. Not here to campaign for him, really? Okay. He speaks for himself. But the reality of it is uh, th there are forces that are against him. And I believe it's because how he honors God and how he actually keep his word. One of the Donald Trump forces against him because how he honors God and keeps his word. Are we talking about the same guy? That doesn't describe Donald Trump like at all, like even a little bit. Is it just me? I see this guy is a pocket square man, though. That's honorable. I can appreciate it. One of the few men who have run for president who said, when I'm in the White House, Christians will have a friend again in the White House. And he's one of the few people that actually kept his word. Promises made, he kept his promise. God, he does he really think that Donald Trump keeps his promises to people that he's like honest or whatever? What kind of fantasy land do these people live in? It's like not too long ago. I, I think it was like a year or two ago. Trump held a rally. I guess this was from uh, April, late April 2022 is when this came out. So anyway, Trump held a rally, I think in Nebraska. And this guy comes out here. He's asked, what does he love the most about Trump? He says, honesty, his honesty. He loves his honesty. Politics, just for a second. Yeah, sure. Best thing about Donald Trump is what? Um, his honesty with the people. What? Uh, seriously, are we talking about the same guy right now? What are you talking about? His honesty? That's the thing he is known best for violating. His honesty. This is literally all MAGA people do is make up excuses for why he was dishonest. He has to be dishonest, you know? He has to lie. He has to cheat and manipulate things because the deep state's out to get him. I'm constantly hearing excuses like that. What do you mean his honesty? I feel... Yeah, I think... Uh... I think he's just about the most straightforward president we've ever seen. So um, I much know where he stands on everything. I, I feel like we all have a good understanding of where he leans, uh, you know, and where he's I think he supports the people. And I think that's the best part about it. We cannot be talking about the same guy, right? We must be talking about somebody else that actually kept his word. Promises made. He kept his promise. Absolutely unhinged from reality. They, they do not live in the same world as us. I'm telling you. So anyways, that's Mark Burns. Now, something you need to know about Mark Burns. He's a QAnoner. He's an extremist. And I want to give you a little bit of background on the things that he views as most important. He's taken the battle against the LGBT community on as his own personal fight. 
He's been fighting this for years at this point. I have a slightly more recent clip here from him, late April 2023, but I also have clips all the way back from like 2021, 22, where he's talking about trans issues. That's like his pet project. So listen to what he has to say to this podcast thing. I think it's called, what, Talk TV, James Whale Unleashed? I don't know. Anyway, listen to this, late April 2023. This is him diving into trans issues. The transgender movement did not have an issue in America until they start going after the children in the public school systems, right? Well, that's the thing. They don't. Never did. This is a fabrication in your own mind. Nobody is out here grooming children to be trans. That is unglued from reality, straight up. I don't know what else to call it. That is not in line with the reality that we all share. Okay, that's not happening. This is a propagandistic method of attacking the trans community, though. Come up with a pretext for attacking them and then come up with an absolutely obscene punishment for what, you know, this perceived grievance that they have against them. They should be eliminated from society. Is that what Michael Knowles said a while back? I don't remember what it was. Yeah, here's Michael Knowles from The Daily Wire. The grievance... Trans people are grooming children in school. Not true. But the solution? There can be no middle way in dealing with transgenderism. It is all or nothing. If transgenderism is true, if men really can become women, then it's true for everybody of all ages. If transgenderism is false, as it is, if men really can't become women, as they cannot, then it's false for everybody, too. Like, I don't even know what any of that means. And if it's false... Like, this is all just nonsense that he's spouting. He's trying to construct something called a syllogism, a logical path that that leads to a conclusion. It's just nonsense. It's like flawed premise after flawed premise. What what do you mean if it's true for everyone? You're saying you believe that everybody is trans? What? Like, the syllogism just falls apart, but that's not what we're here to talk about. ...then we should not indulge it. Especially since that indulgence requires taking away the rights and customs of so many people. If it is false... It, it, it involves taking away the rights and customs of so many people to allow other people to just be trans in their life, really? What customs are you taking from people by, by somebody else living their life as a trans person? If it is false, then for the good of society, and especially for the good of the poor people who have fallen prey to this confusion, transgenderism must be eradicated from public life entirely. Right. Eradicated was the word I was looking for. It starts out with a complaint that trans people are trying to, you know, they're stepping over a line. It starts out with a pretext. Tyrants will always find a pretext for their tyranny. They find a reason to be upset over some nonsense, over something that's not happening. And then they come up with a solution. The pretext, trans people are grooming children in schools. Made up entirely. The solution, eradicate them from public life. That's how this whole system works. Now, Michael Knowles, I guess, has chosen to say the quiet part out loud. But Mark Burns, the guy that's been retweeted by Donald Trump, is reinforcing the pretext for the solution that Michael Knowles has proposed. It's not just Michael Knowles proposing this, by the way, either. It's a ton of people. This is like 
a standard position in Republican circles. Eradicate transgenderism from society. Children in the public school systems, right? And so this is why parents are waking up all over this nation. This is why Donald Trump's popularity is growing even more. Because no, I don't think Trump's popularity has grown. I think it's fallen dramatically, but okay because he's putting the power back in the hands of the parents and taking it out of the hands of sleepy Joe Biden and the liberal government. Can I ask you a very radical question? Sure. Do you know what a woman is? Yeah, this is interesting. They're, they're saying this. So this is a perfect example of what's called a dog whistle. Okay, so a dog whistle is a thought-terminating cliche or some kind of loaded language that hints at your political ideology or your political position what is a woman in all seriousness is a very complex question when if you really want a specific scientific answer it's like asking what is an apple right well you could say it's a fruit with a thin skin on the outside that's red but there are green apples too okay then it's a, a fruit of varying colors with a thin skin on the outside well that could cover limes or lemons or oranges or any number of things all right well it has a stem on the top i mean you can keep boiling this down but when you're trying to define something very specifically it gets really really complicated now generally the definition that i use for woman is somebody that has characteristics that we've traditionally associated with the female sex in society in, in our culture specifically that's generally how I define it. That That's pretty all-encompassing. And it's really not that complicated, honestly. But these people use this as uh, some kind of a, you know, a dog whistle to each other to make it out like liberals simply don't know how to define woman because they're so stupid and they can't figure it out and they have no idea what a woman is. Blah, blah, blah. No, I gave you a perfectly reasonable definition that I think everybody else would accept too. Everybody, even people on the right. So anyways, this is some kind of own against liberals, I guess. Very radical question. Sure. Do you know what a woman is? It's not a radical question, but okay. I absolutely know what a woman is. A woman is a woman that can produce children. A woman... He's using the word in the definition, okay? <laughs> what is an orange? An orange is an orange that has... Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I love it, dude. Like I said... A woman is a person that presents characteristics traditionally associated with females in society. That's what a woman is. A woman has two breasts. A woman has... She is... She is... She okay, wow. We went there. Um, I mean, I know plenty of trans people who have things like this, so I... You know, uh, I don't think it, this is the own that he thought it was. She is... She is... She is, she is biologically different from a man. Unfortunately, uh, you have to even ask that question just shows you how crazy. And I know you've been rhetorical, but some people, they think that no, he didn't have to ask that question. That's the thing. This is an irrelevant question. This didn't need to come up, but okay. They think that's a real radical question. No, he genuinely no I, I don't think it's a radical question. I think it's a dog whistle to a kind of virtue signal, right? The right wants to show how far right they are. They want to show how edgy they are. Ooh, I'm going to hurt some trans people today. Isn't that edgy? Look at me. That's basically what they're doing. Like, I don't care if you ask people if they know what a woman is. Like, go nuts. You think I'm getting, like, offended at this? Like, what? 
I mean, this guy didn't stop at the trans community, though. This guy seems to have, like, this deep-seated obsession with turning us into a theocratic fascist state. Listen to what he had to say. Mid-November 2021, he's running for office at this point, right? He's campaigning, trying to win his election. Comes out here on the water cooler with David Brody. It's a really far-right TV show. And he says this. I'm excited about the growing movement, especially here in the 4th District of South Carolina, of people who are identifying themselves as just Christian conservatives, right? We got to take it back to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe the people here in the 4th District of South Carolina are getting that. It's not just about being Republicans. It's about being a conservative Christian who believes this is a Christian nation. So it's not good enough to be a conservative. It's not good enough to be Republican. You have to be a Bible-believing Republican who intends to impose your religious beliefs upon the people around you. Any policy that is contrary to the Word of God, we need to remove it from, uh, from mainstream America and make it illegal. Wow. That's a tall one right there. You want to remove any law that contradicts the Bible. Okay, well, you're going to have to start with the First Amendment because it contradicts the First Commandment. The First Commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. The First Amendment says you can worship any way you please. You don't have to worship Yahweh, the God of whatever. It sounds to me like they're going to have to start with the First Amendment. But you know what? None of that connects with them. All they care about is turning this into a theocratic fascist extremist state. That's it. If you think that's bad, listen to this one. Early April 2022. You see that Antifa flag? Go knock out their window. That's, that's my about. thought. Forgive Dude, me, Lord. That. Forgive me, Jesus, Lord. Dude's literally calling for violence right now. You see somebody that has an Antifa flag knock out their, their window. I mean, I denounce violence at every turn, no matter what. Violence is wrong. It's not the solution. You shouldn't do it. These people embrace it. Mark Burns embraces it. This is the guy that was retweeted by Donald Trump. Forgive me. I'm asking for forgiveness right now. Right. I'm for forgiveness It was right just now. a thought. It was just but, a thought. But, 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 but I'm saying, the Bible says that the kingdom suffers violence, violence. and yes. the violence take it by, by, force. Force. by force. The problem yes. is we've been too coward and too weak, and we think that man has authority over us when we serve a big God yeah. that's given us power, power and authority. And authority yeah. to wow, so he's saying people think man has authority over them when their authority comes from God. So he doesn't need to listen to the government. He needs to listen to God and God alone. And God is telling him to knock out Antifa people's windows. So that's what he's going to do. A am I reading this right? Authority. Authority yeah. to tread over every demonic spirit. But yep. so, so if they go to knock out a window, you go knock out two of theirs. That's what I'm, hey, that's what Jesus said. Go buy two swords. That's what I'm, come on. Okay, I don't remember Jesus saying something about buying two swords. Come on, brother. Right Come now. on, man. Go buy two swords. So listen, Oregon, y'all better go buy some swords in the name of Jesus, right? Yeah. Go start knocking out some windows. Just wrong, man. Wrong on every level. Like I said, I denounce and call out violence at every turn. I don't stand for violence. I'm a complete pacifist. I don't believe in violence under any circumstances except for self-defense. And even then. If you can avoid violence at any cost, you should. These people seem to be in favor of violence. So at the beginning of this video, I was talking about Mark Burns. I was talking about the guy's position on LGBT issues, and I played 
a short clip from this, right? This is from early June 2022. He took some heat for this video. I want to show it to you. I covered it back when it happened, but it's been a while. So let's talk about this. Listen to what he has to say about the LGBT community here. The LGBT transgender grooming our children's minds is a national security threat because it is ultimately designed to destabilize the republic. Wow. So he thinks that gay people are setting out to destabilize America. He thinks that they're committing treason against the U.S. government and intentionally trying to turn other people gay so that America falls apart. Really? Okay. Go on. We call the United States of America. That's why when I'm elected, I don't want to just vote. I want to start holding people accountable for treason to the Constitution. So he wants to charge people that are LGBT with treason against the U.S. government. Treason. If you're gay, you should be charged with treason. And what's the sentence for committing treason? This is what... I like to call the genocide pipeline. His answer for treason is the death penalty. So he's created a little loop where he can commit legal genocide. Define anybody that's gay or trans or anything at all as traitors to the U.S. government and sentence them to death, thus creating a legal loop of genocide. That is actually how it happens in some cases. It's how it's happened historically in some countries. He's describing a process that's played out through centuries in different areas of the world. Uh, not just for gay people. In fact, not even for gay people necessarily, but for all kinds of different groups of people. You know, the Jews are doing this or causing problems for these people or that or whatever. So we're going to charge them with the crime of blah. And then we're going to make the sentence for blah the death sentence, thus creating a pipeline. Okay, so he says people who are gay are traitors to the U.S. government, right? To the Constitution, I am going to push to reenact HUAC. HUAC is the House of Un-American Activities Committee. That committee was McCarthyism. If you don't know of McCarthyism, it's basically where you could accuse anybody of being a communist. You accuse your neighbor of being a communist and they're charged with a crime or they're like thrown in jail or whatever. It was insane. Insane. It was a, it was a witch hunt is what it was. It was an anti-communist witch hunt. And he wants to institute this for gay people. You suspect somebody of being gay. You don't like your neighbor. Accuse him of being gay. The HUAC, House of Un-American Activities Committee, will send police officers to his house to pick him up, interrogate him, and throw him in jail. That's what he wants to do. American Activities Committee. It was a real committee that was formulated back in the 50s, and it's a, a committee that we should reenact that starts holding these people accountable for treason. Lindsey Graham should be held accountable for treason for supporting Joe Biden's gun-grabbing Second Amendment law that he's trying to push forward. Lindsey Graham, my opponent's mentor, just stated that I am supporting all initiatives that Joe Biden has put forward with gun control, and he is pushing for others, Democrats, to push it to a vote. Mitch McConnell just stated to an urge other Dem Republican senators to support Lindsey Graham to come after our guns, to confiscate our guns. 
So he started out by saying, if you are gay or trans, you are committing treason against the U.S. government. And if you want any kind of gun reform or control of any sort, universal background checks even, absolutely anything at all, you're guilty of treason also, right? That should be held for treason, not just be voting people. No, we need to hold people for treason, start having some public hearings, and start executing people who are found guilty for their treasonous acts against the Constitution of the United States of America, just like they did back in 1776. So, yeah, this is Lauren Witzke on the left. She is, she's, she's got problems, dude. I've covered her. That's beside the point. So he just described a genocide pipeline. That's what he wants for anybody who is gay or trans or whatever, and anybody who wants any kind of gun reform whatsoever. Basically, anybody to the left of hunting the homeless for sport. They should be charged with treason and executed. That's who Donald Trump retweeted. Mark Burns. That's who he is. That's what he believes. That's what he wants. I mean, I don't know how to make it clearer. Like, this guy is absolutely monstrous. He has absolutely monstrous positions. Truly disturbing stuff. Truly disgusting positions on this stuff. I mean, these are the people that Trump panders to. This is who he wants to promote him, to talk about him. He is a far-right extremist himself. Trump is. And he wants the far right to talk about and like him as much as possible. Well, Mark Burns likes him an awful lot. And Trump is promoting Mark Burns' ideas to the rest of society in response. Disgusting, man. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. That's all I've got for you. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check me out on Patreon. And take a look at my YouTube channels. Owen Morgan, where I talk about religious issues. Telltale Fireside Chat, where I talk about politics. Telltale Unfiltered, where I do long-form breakdowns of stuff like this. And Telltale Reads, where I read books by televangelist and others. I release everything in parts, but every part stands independently of the last. So you can jump in anywhere, and I'll make sure it makes sense. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of all my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything. All links are in the description. Okay, thanks for watching, guys.